Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Casey Allensworth. Casey, known as the Calorie Deficit Queen, is a certified nutrition coach and cognitive coach with a mission to help women achieve sustainable weight loss through the four M's of fitness mind shift, meal shift, micro habits, and muscle building. After years of yo yo dieting, Casey began crafting low-calorie versions of her favorite foods, and she and her husband lost a collective 130 pounds, learning that you don't have to sacrifice your favorite foods to lose weight. Her goal is to empower women during their own weight loss journey with mind shift strategies, low-calorie meal shifts, incremental micro habits, and muscle building programs. In the episode, Casey discusses the importance of the four M's of fitness, how you can really eat like a queen in a calorie deficit, common misconceptions about calorie deficits, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash thrivemarket, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Casey. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for joining me on the Health Investment Podcast. Hello. It's good to be here. I'm excited that we connected on what we were just calling the Wild West of social media, which would be TikTok. TikTok. And who knows when this episode's out, TikTok might be something we're talking about in past tense, but... We're currently still both on TikTok, so we hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll stay around. We will see how that goes. I guess right? there's only so much you can do with social media, right? Because we yes. are we are beholden to these apps. Subject and, to yes, subject to social media platforms, algorithms, whatever. We just kind of roll with the flow. But <laughs> I think we have a similar attitude about it that we will both figure things out, whatever. Happens. We will prevail regardless of what social media do- does, right? We will. We will. I'd love if you could start off by telling 
my audience and myself, because I don't even think I know this story, specifically what led you to create your TikTok channel, The Calorie Deficit Queen? Okay, so I started creating Calorie Deficit Queen in 2022, just last year. We, I am literally only, January 9th was my very first post of any kind of recipe on social media ever. And um, it, it came about basically uh, from, it, it started with COVID really. I know I didn't post until 2022, but during COVID when schools shut down and restaurants shut down and all the stores shut down, um, we kind of, everybody was stuck at home um, and we became really great friends with our neighbors. We had t-shirts made, uh, the whole nine yards. And each neighbor kind of contributed their own, I guess, what they were great at uh, to build community. One of the neighbors had a swimming pool. Our kids would go swimming all day. One of the neighbors would provide the fire pit at night. We could sit around and have community. And I provided the food. And so I was like the cook. I was the one that everybody loved my biscuits and gravy. I'm talking high calorie biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> you know, um, Everybody loved uh, my Asian meals that I would cook. And so I was the cook. And so I would make giant meals that would feed three families. And we would just gather in community. And this is what we did for months and months and months during COVID because we were the only, you know, three families that would just hang out all the time as we were stuck in our houses or kind of right outside our front of our houses. And during this time, I mean, man, did we just, because we were, you know, hanging out and eating and drinking and we just, I packed on some really wonderful pounds and, during that time. And, the, and I had already been, you know, a little overweight from having kids and living the mom life. And so I, I ended up at one point getting on a scale uh, towards the end of COVID and realized, whoa, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten on a scale in a while. I saw the heaviest weight I'd ever seen on a scale. I was 198 pounds at the time. And I thought I am two pounds away from seeing 200. And that's not somewhere I want to personally go for myself. And so I decided that's it. I need to make a change. My former self in my 30s, I was a personal trainer. I was a group fitness instructor. I was a director of fitness at a health club. Uh, I knew that I kn knew the principles of exercise, uh, but did I really know the principles of nutrition? Maybe not. And I decided, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, I've done, I know, I know from my past experiences that I've yo-yo dieted just like everybody else for years. I know that I have been successful at 20 pounds of weight loss and then been very successful at gaining it back and then successful at losing the 20 pounds and gaining it back. So I decided this time I would just start listening to some podcasts, reading some books. Uh, and it was Brooke Castillo's Life school or life coaching podcast that I was listening to. And in one of the episodes, she said, 
You have to love yourself first before you lose the weight. And I thought, no, no, that can't be because really, like I'm going to love myself when I lose 40 pounds, 50 pounds, then I'm going to love myself. That's when I'm going to love myself. I'm not going to love myself till I lose that weight. But she said it. And then I started listening to other podcasts that also said, you have to love yourself first. I started reading books like The Gap in the Gain. I started reading Atomic Habits. And there was a common thread between all of these books and all of these podcasts that I was reading, listening to. And it was all about changing the way you think about yourself first. And once we change our thoughts, we can change our results. And wow, what a mind blow for me. Um, And I took my creative cooking ability and decided, okay, we're going to do biscuits and gravy, but it's going to be low calorie biscuits and gravy. Mm -hmm. We're going to do Asian food, but it's going to be low calorie Asian food. If I, I can do this, I love to cook. I'm going to be creative. So as I was learning and listening to podcasts and reading books, I was starting to also be creative in the kitchen. And over about a year worth of time, cooking low calorie, changing the way I think about myself, changing the way I see my own body, uh, implementing small habits over about a year of time, the weight started coming off. And it was in such a way that I knew deep down this weight was never going to come back. I knew that this was not a yo-yo diet. I knew that, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing this right for the first time in my life. And I took it a step further and decided, okay, if I now understand a better way to think about myself, a better way to make shifts in my meals that I'm eating, then why not also, you know, implement little habits here and there that, that I can also, you know, the water, the steps, why not implement muscle building into my workout? Why not also go a step further and get nutrition certified, be a, be a certified nutrition coach. Why can't I do that? So I took it a step further, did those things. And after time, after about a year of time, I lost 70 pounds. My husband lost, um, about 60 pounds and both of us had completely changed our lives. Hmm. And I thought this is too good to not share. I have to share this. I have to share this with everybody I know. And I started just by posting my very first post. (laughs) If your first, your first is your worst for sure. And if you go back and you find that very first post of mine, it is low calorie egg rolls is what I made. (laughs) My low calorie egg rolls are still one of my favorite things. In fact, I'm probably going to make them today. Um, I should make them today. Uh, And I just started posting low calorie meals. And I said, I'm going to set a goal, just like I set a goal to lose weight. And it took time, I'm going to set a goal to post one video every single day and be consistent with it for an entire year and just see what happens. And in about four months, I had thousands of followers. In six months, I was able to start monetizing 
the, you know, posts that I was making. And within a year, I was able to quit my 22 years of education and do this full time. (laughs) So yeah, so I just recently quit. Oh, I knocked over my water. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Just recently quit uh, 22 years of being a science educator. I taught high school science, biology and chemistry. So I do have a science background. Um, (laughs) so this is kind of my niche anyways, is, is health and fitness and science background. So it is something I really am passionate about what I really love doing. I love being creative in the kitchen. And when I finally felt like I found the answer and I found a way to know and be certain that I'm never going to gain the weight back and know and be certain that my husband's never going to gain the weight back, man, I have to share that. Wow. And it's a, it's a wonderful privilege to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. We have so many parallels. I already knew between kind of our content and our stories, but I was also a teacher. I was a high school English teacher for 12 years. Wow. I know we did not know that about each other. Uh, That's crazy. That's awesome. So I feel, and I'm sure you feel the same way that I love this new path where I'm still educating. Yes. I feel like I'm educating now about something I'm more passionate about. I was kind of losing steam with commas, the great Gatsby. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I kind of hit my end point with teaching that it was great while it lasted. And now I just really light up about teaching what I do now. So how cool. I I can see the educator in you. I I can. can. Yes. In the way you post. And I love it. I love that about you. That's, that's so fun to, to realize. Mm -hmm. I would love if you could tackle Because I hear this a lot from clients, just what are some of the big misconceptions about being in a calorie deficit? I think it gets a bad rap at this point. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So one of the biggest misconceptions about being in a calorie deficit is that you pretty much have to eliminate foods and deprive yourself. That's it. If if I'm going to be in a calorie deficit, that just means, oh, woe is me. I'm about to start depriving myself of all the things I love. And that is a huge misconception. We do not have to eat like a rabbit when you are in a, you know, you don't have to eat salads for every meal. You don't have to eat baby carrots for every snack when you're in a calorie deficit. Um, When I have brand new clients, a lot of them immediately in the first session or two sessions, oh, I ate so good today. I had two salads and some celery. I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I and it's it's the way we label our food, you know, good food and bad food, and and really trying to undo all of how we feel and how we think about food is it takes time to do that because. Everyone thinks calorie deficit means diet means deprivation. And that's so far from where we actually can be in our calorie deficit. Because my mission, when I started with my first video making the egg rolls, which again, I still love, dip it in peanut sauce, was to show we don't have to just eat salads and baby carrots. You can eat pizza, 
you can eat ice cream, you can eat Alfredo, you can, you can eat all of your favorite foods, either in different portion sizes if they're high calorie, or you can choose to make a low calorie version of your favorite foods. And all of those things can be true all at once. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing mentality. So we don't have to go from eating, you know, we're going to eat Papa John's and go out to eat and eat um, Carrabba's every night to eating salads every night. We don't have to do polarizing ends of the spectrum. We can have some Carrabba's if we want, and we can have some salads, but there's so much more middle ground there that we can also have that is both satisfying and sustainable. Mm -hmm. So meals when you eat and when you're in a calorie deficit can absolutely be satisfying and can help you sustain that calorie deficit until you get to the goal that you're looking for. Now that that's just, that's a whole nother podcast, but yeah, when you get to the goal, because that's people also think, Oh, I'm at my goal. I'm done. And well, there is no finish line to health and fitness. So, but that's, I feel like a whole nother podcast. Well, right. And I think that that's a good point to bring up though, because in this diet culture, we all live in with the diet mentalities. A lot of us have had for several years, maybe even 20, 30 years of our lives. We have focused on once I reach this moment, then I'm done with the diet. And then you have this kind of off switch and then that's when all the weight comes back. So it's never, it's never having an off switch. And I tell, tell my clients, you know, the things that I'm having you do are the things I do all day long. Absolutely. And I'm not going to tell you not to eat a cookie because I don't want to, I want to eat a cookie. So you, yes, your calorie, calorie parameters will be a little bit different when you're trying to lose weight versus maintain, but I'm doing the exact same things and I'm eating the most of the same things that my clients are eating in the same way that they're eating because I don't have that off switch. I know this right. is a forever path. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that's part of getting that, but that's also just part of the mind shift because I named my company, I'm known as the calorie deficit queen. I named the company form fit um, after finding through all of the books and all of the podcasts that, that, you know, the four M's of fitness, mind shift, meal shift, micro habits, and muscle building, which you hear me talk about um, in social media, um, are really kind of the critical components for most of my clients. And that's where we start. We start with the mind shift and we start with how do we think about ourselves? What do we tell ourselves about our own bodies? How do we think about our goals? Um, and, and how do we think about food? And are we in the all or nothing mentality? So we start there. We start with our mind shift. And of course, meanwhile, we're looking at our food and our meals and how can we shift to a lower calorie version of our favorite food so that it's sustainable. Micro habits, meaning where are you at right now? Don't start where I'm at. Start where you're at. I want everybody to know that when I started with my own personal micro habits, I started, I struggled to get in 7,000 steps a day, struggled. It was tough to get in 7,000 steps per day when I started. And 
So that was my goal was to get to 7,000 steps per day. And it took me several months to get there and be consistent at it. And then I didn't go from seven to 10. I went from seven to 8,000 steps per day for a couple of months um, and so on and so forth. So when I started working out and doing muscle building, I didn't start working out like many people with an all or nothing mentality. Oh, I'm going to be in a calorie deficit. Hold on. I'm going to go to the gym every morning at 5 a.m. and work out for an hour. Hold up. Hold on. <laughs> Think about what's sustainable. What? Where are you at now? What's sustainable and realistic for you? What is something that you can continue to do and continue to improve at? And this is where the micro habits come in. When I started, I told myself, what is something, what's something that, what is a time frame of which I can realistically and reasonably work on muscle building? And it was 20 minutes. I did four times a week, 20 minutes a day. And that's it in my garage because I had to take all the other barriers away. It was, I didn't want to go to a gym that took too long. So I was going to go in my garage where I had some dumbbells and literally set a timer on my phone for 20 minutes and do weight bearing exercises for 20 minutes. And that's it. And that's where I started. And I did that for months and for, I'm talking six to eight months of just 20 minutes a day. And it grew over time. So that, the, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about micro habits. And then, you know, the muscle building side is we helping us sustain the weight loss long term. Mm -hmm. So that's where I came up with form fit. I love that. I love those four M's. I mean, they're exactly spot on. I think right. there's, there's so much uh, nonsense out there. <laughs> BS, whatever you want to call it. Inaccurate information. There's yes. a lot of inaccurate information. And a lot of distractions. I mean, I have a client who was just texting me this morning. I, I just, I feel for her because there is so much out there. So we have her focusing on some micro habits a lot of the things you just mentioned, and then she'll see a video on her for you page. And it'll be, <laughs> Oh, but if you're menopausal, you have to do intermittent fasting. Or if you are, you know, only walking this much, you should be walking this much. I mean, there's just so much coming at you constantly on social yes. media that can be distracting. And so I love the books that you mentioned, especially atomic habits of just getting laser focused on the things that worked and ignoring all the rest yes. because it's just going to distract you from doing the things that actually work. So the things that actually work are summarized so well in your method, the mind shift, the meal shift, micro habits, the muscle building, boom, that's all you need to focus that's on. It. You can that's focus it. on those four things from here to the rest of your life and have tremendous success. Absolutely. Literally tune out anything else. It's not one of those four things. Just tune it out if it doesn't fit into one of those four categories. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, 
I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently, feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. And you are right about clients, you know, they, most of your clients, I'm sure, as well as mine have found you through social media, which means they are on social media, right? Nothing wrong with that. That's what I mean. It's what I do for a living. (laughs) So, uh, but yes, all of the noise that they get off of social media, you know, there's even a new, the, the newest fad diet is to cut out protein, which is crazy because apparently the some article came out about protein causing cancer you know i'm so <laughs> so when you know clients you know oh i can't eat that that's that's too many carbs it's a fruit you can eat it it's yeah. <laughs> complex you know so really just kind of rummaging through all of the noise that is all over social media with um, inaccurate information on fitness or nutrition, you know, and getting down to, I guess, being the educators that we are and having people understand what is a complex carb versus a simple carb. Um, and why do we want to prioritize protein and why do we want to prioritize fiber and those kinds of things is really part of my mission. Mm -hmm. I think going back to the misconceptions about the calorie deficit, also, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about tracking calories because people think tracking calories equals disordered eating, you know, maybe in the past and maybe for some people, it's not the best tool for some people, but maybe in the past, the way you were tracking, maybe you logged into my fitness pal it sets you up with 1,200 calories because it loves to do that. It totally and does. If, if you were trying to eat at 1,200 calories when you should have been eating at 1,700 calories and you were just feeling completely disordered because you couldn't eat enough and it was making you feel terrible because you were hitting more like 1,500 every day. So every day you're mm-hmm. over. So first of all, these apps don't necessarily set you up for success, but if you know how to set them up in a way that works for you, they can actually be very freeing. And so I have a client right now, her deficit is higher than what she thought it was. And we're talking about all foods can fit, prioritize protein, like you said, non-starchy vegetables, fiber. She's getting all these things. She's feeling more full. And then she was saying she was struggling before with sugar and just these sugar binges. And she couldn't get into the mindset of just having one. And now she realizes at the end of the day, she feels full and satisfied, but she has 300 calories remaining. And so she'll sit down and have a couple of Reese's peanut butter cups or something. I love it when that happens. Isn't that the best when that happens? So it's, you have to also understand that these tools that you've maybe used in the past, just because somebody's using this tool doesn't mean that they're using it in the restrictive way that you were previously using it, there is a way that can be very liberating. I mean, calorie tracking can help you see even I'll have a client go to McDonald's or something 
And Absolutely. if they're not tracking, they'll say, well, I know I just blew my calories because I ate at McDonald's. And I'll say, but is that actually true? Let's look it up. And maybe their meal was 550 calories and it's perfectly right. within their range. So tracking can actually be extremely liberating when you get the education around how many calories are in different things. And then you decide what is worth your calorie dollars and you spend your calorie dollars on things that you enjoy and you love and you make lower calorie versions of your favorite. And then the, your whole world just changes. Yes. Changes. And it's surprising sometimes to clients who don't track calories or don't accurately, because if, how do you know, how do you know you're in a calorie deficit? If, you know, if you're just guessing, you don't know that you're in a calorie deficit. We have to be accurate with data. And that's all it is, is it's data. It's not telling you that you've been bad. It's not telling you you've been good. It's data. And that data is there to help us learn what does two tablespoons of dressing or creamer or XYZ look like on my plate or in my coffee. Or so it's a, there as a tool to help us understand portion sizes and the calories that are actually in the foods that we are consuming and that we want to consume mm -hmm. so that down the road, we are better able to manage and sustain our eating habits. Right. And I liken it to a tool, like if you are tracking your finances, Nobody says that's disordered or wrong. <laughs> if you want to get a sense of how much money you're spending, nobody says don't track that because you're going to develop, you know, disordered thoughts around spending. No, you should know how much you're spending and then you can make changes and tweaks accordingly. Mm -hmm. And if you mm -hmm. have, again, going back to your mind shift idea, you have to have these mind shifts which is why it can be helpful to work with a coach that helps you make them because they can be challenging to make on your own. And you also, we all have these blind spots. We don't understand where our mindset is kind of off. Yes. In and one of the, one of the big blind spots that I see from clients and I, you know, I get that that's, it's a whole nother ball game talking about getting on the scale and looking at the number on the scale. Um, I personally work towards desensitizing our emotions that are tied to the scale. And so, so many times, and this is personal because this happened to me as well, that I am not immune to any of this. Uh, the prior me would, during all of my yo-yo dieting, I would go on a diet with the all or nothing mentality, say that I was going to get in the gym for an hour a day, start eating salads and I would start losing weight. Yay me. Two or three days of weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Day four, I get on the scale and boom, there's two pounds of weight gain. And immediately my mood is shattered. I'm going to have a terrible day because you know, I get on the scale in the morning. I'm, I'm already in a bad mood and it's not even eight o'clock in the morning. And I decided that's it. This diet doesn't work. I'm a failure. The diet's a failure. It gives the entire idea of dieting a bad rap. And I throw my hands in the air and give up. And here come all of the pounds that I had previously lost. And so this was just allowing the scale to determine my mood. And so it's a number. It's data. 
And that's all it is. And we have to desensitize ourselves to say that this is just data and that we are not looking at it for the right now. We are looking at the trend, the overall trend. Where are we going overall? Um, and, and deciding that we're not going to allow circumstance to change our results mm -hmm. because we have to now think backwards. And, you know, as an educator, education backwards design is huge, right? Well, you can backwards design your life. So you can decide instead of deciding here's the circumstance and here's my thoughts around it. Let's instead look at what do I want the results of my life to be? okay, well, right now, my current goal is to change my body composition. And so I want my results to be weight loss. Okay, well, if we want our results to be a weight loss, what are our actions that are going to get us towards that weight loss? And if we want those actions, what kind of thoughts and feelings do we have to have about ourselves in order to do those actions? So all of that, what I've just talked about was part of, you know, just a model of thinking that drives, you know, thinking drives our results. And it's all part of the mind shift model. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's part of the four M's of fitness. And it's a huge part when we can really change how we think in order to change our results. One thing that clients are always asking me for. And even people on social media, it's just more recipes. I am not a recipe person. That is not my skill. I throw things together. I never really measure. I don't keep track of what I'm doing. I'm terrible at it. And I don't actually want to get better. It's I'm very self-aware. I know. And this that's is okay. The, yeah. This is not my strength. So I send okay. them to you. I say, go follow Casey. She has really good ideas. I'm not going to be your girl. I'm sorry. This is not going to be my thing. But I would love to hear what are some when you're making these lower calorie versions mm -hmm. of things, what are some ingredients that you rely heavily on when you are making lower calorie? Like what comes to mind? Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking Greek yogurt might be something that you yes, use in a lot of totally. Greek yogurt and cottage cheese. And more than one container is constantly in my refrigerator. And my poor husband, because I do this for a living, <laughs> he's constantly going into the refrigerator and saying, can I eat this? Can I? Am I allowed to eat that? Can I eat that? Because he's he's eaten a container before and I'm like, no, I was going to use that in a video. So anyways, so we've learned. Yeah, you, <laughs> Poor guy has to ask me. Yeah. I know, I know. Most don't eat this, don't eat that. Yeah. Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, low calorie tortillas are, man, they are such a go-to game changer. You know, you can make so many things with low calorie tortillas, wraps, quesadillas, burritos, so many things. Uh, riced cauliflower. I perhaps, I love riced cauliflower. Um, another one is classic slaw in a bag. You can have half the bag for 40 calories. And, you know, I don't just eat it raw as is. You can put it in a pan, warm it up, and... Oh man, slaw is delicious. You put that in a bowl with some form of protein and very filling. So very high volume, low calorie foods. Mm -hmm. And because when I was losing weight and much like most women, 
we want to eat the most food for as little calories as we can. So that's, that's what I go for when I do my cooking is how can I make the most food for the fewest calories? Mm-hmm. Um, Kraft Slim Cut Mozzarella. That's one of my go-to cheeses. If I'm going to do cheese, Kraft Slim Cut Mozzarella is the cheese that I use in most of my recipes. Why? It's 33 calories per slice. Nice. And that, that's great. Um, ground chicken instead of ground turkey. And man, ground chicken. Once I discovered ground chicken, ground chicken is 120 calories for four ounces, whereas ground turkey is also 120 calories for four ounces, but only if you get the 99 percent lean. If you go anything else, you know, if you're 90 percent or 88 percent or you're going to end up stacking on calories, uh, ground chicken is, I think, personally, it's more moist than ground turkey is. It's cheaper in, in the state of Texas right now. It's cheaper to buy. There, There's a big win. <laughs> and it's, you know, I know it's always going to be 120 calories for four, four ounces of it. So ground chicken is huge. I don't think I've ever um, had ground chicken. So good. <laughs> so I don't really good. like ground turkey. It reminds me, it adds almost like a Thanksgiving turkey because it's turkey. Yeah, ground I like turkey I think is very dry. Yeah, and I just taste Thanksgiving in whatever yeah. I'm making. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to so, taste that sometimes. <laughs> so ground turkey is, I will buy it if it's if there is no ground chicken in the grocery store, but ground chicken is a big go-to. And then I love shrimp and man, shrimp is such a great protein for such a low calories. Yeah. It's, it's a win-win for sure. I know all shit fish and shellfish, like cans of tuna. Yes. I mean, or my husband loves smoked salmon. Oh, so and good. So good. Costco. I mean, it's usually priced yes. there, right? But at Costco, mm-hmm. he'll get it. I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, the protein in it, it's something ridiculous. It's like... It's so great. So yeah. great. Yes, we get our our salmon also at Costco and absolutely. And that's the thing. So we go shopping on the weekends and then, you know, on Saturday, Sunday, it's natural. It's routine. My husband knows, okay, today, Sunday, it's Sunday, I'm going to grill. And he takes all of the proteins, the chicken thighs, the salmon, if that's the choice for the week, the whatever it is, takes it out to the grill. Meanwhile, I'm inside making a giant batch of jasmine rice, or I'm cutting up veggies to put in baggies so that all I have to do is throw it in the air fryer. I don't like to have to, I'm a busy mom, just like everybody else, right? I don't want to have to cook a, an elaborate meal every night. I want to have a healthy, well-balanced meal, but I want to assemble that meal. I don't want to cook the meal. I want to assemble it. And so very easy to assemble when you have cooked chicken already in the refrigerator with cooked rice already in the refrigerator. You already have, I have the giant um, containers. I buy one every week of spring mix. So easy. Just to throw on your plate as you're green mm-hmm. uh, or the veggies that I've already cut up on Sunday, throw them in the air fryer for air fried green beans. So I'm assembling an, a meal during the weekday instead of cooking the meal during the weekday. And it makes, makes it easy. And I mean that right there, what a fantastic mindset shift that you can assemble rather than cook Monday through right. Thursday. 
least, I mean, that's yes. my mind. That's such a good word because I'm always trying to explain how I do it. I don't cook either every night. I'm literally, I call it just throwing things together, but I like a yes. better. <laughs> you know, you're assembling. That makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, you pull out a cutting board and a knife and one bell pepper, let's say for a recipe. And so you already, the act of taking out the cutting board and the knife and then cutting the bell pepper and then things, if you just took out all four bell peppers and just did them all at once, then you save the rest aside and they're just ready for another day. I mean, this is something that it takes you three extra minutes because you already have the cutting board and the knife out and you're already right. in the process. But if you were to do it every single night, it takes seven minutes every time. So it's, you know, you save, th- you spend three extra minutes one night versus spending seven, seven minutes every night. I mean, I'm making these numbers up, obviously. Yes. No, I got you. I get you. Time, if you just, even I gave the example the other day of grapes, I'm not going, I, this is just human nature, I think, or maybe I'm the laziest person in the world. I don't know. But <laughs> if you see grapes in the fridge, in the container, and they're not washed and they're on the stems, I am never grabbing those for a snack. I'm going to look over those and look for something else that I can just grab a handful of. If I wash the grapes and pull them off a stem and keep them in a Tupperware, I will grab a handful because it's easy. And so it's just, it's, it seems so silly, just making things as easy as possible, removing any friction between you and the thing that you want to eat. That's why we reach into potato chip bags. I mean, yes, they're delicious, but they're also easy. You can just grab a handful. So what if grabbing a handful of grapes was as easy as grabbing a handful of potato chips? Yes. And absolutely. And, and meal prepping what you're talking about. So many times if a client of mine has not done any meal prepping for years and they're going to start doing meal prepping, I try to make sure that everybody is aware and knows the first week or the second week that you do it. Yes, it might take much longer than you expect because you haven't done it. And meal meal prepping takes practice just like anything else that we do. And so we have to know that, okay, it might take you a few hours that first Sunday that you do it, but then you're going to get so good at it that it becomes second nature and you get home from the grocery store and you already know exactly what you're going to get out and do and cut and, you know, meal prep. So it, it becomes a two and a half hour ordeal to a half hour, easy part of your Sunday that, set you up for success and buys back time during the week mm-hmm. and set we're, we're setting ourselves up for success. And yeah. so that that's just so huge is setting yourself up for success. I always say nobody ever said, man, I wish I wasn't prepared. You know? <laughs> man, I'm right? really sad that I'm that I was prepared. so prepared. Yeah. I just <laughs> really hate that I made my life easier. That just really, that's <laughs> Nobody has ever said that once, I guarantee, Correct. in the history of this earth. So, you know, any preparation today is almost, or it is, a gift to your future self. You know, you're giving your future self a little present. When you do the extra prep today, tomorrow night, end of a long day, kids are running around like crazy, you're exhausted, you already have it ready. It's a little present from your past self. And so if you just yes. think... It's just these micro habits, though. 
It's not yes. that you go from zero meal prep to putting everything in fancy containers. Like <laughs> right. we see, you know, it doesn't have right. to be on that. Pinterest, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a Pinterest mom. It's fine. No, I am so far from that. Uh, so, you know, you take it slow. You do small things. They add up over time. You just, yeah. you know, and, and what you said about preparation is it doesn't just have to be, we don't just have to prep ourselves for food, prep yourself for, I have my clients prep themselves for success in what is your success. So today let's prep ourselves for what are we going to win at tomorrow? In fact, tonight, let's grab a journal before you go to bed. And I want you to write down three things you're going to win at tomorrow. And this is a practice I learned from uh, Dan Sullivan's Gap in the Game. And I might write down, I will accurately track all of my calories. And that's one of my wins. Second win, I will not eat off of my kids' plates. You know, so it could be something you're not going to do. Um, Third win, I will uh, practice self-care through and X, Y, Z, name it. So when we take the time the night before and write down what three things we're going to be intentional to win about tomorrow, then you are so much more likely to win at those three things and be successful at those three things. And then that night, you can write down three more things. And it could be the same. It could be different. You could just change one of them. And set yourself up, not just for success. So we're not just meal prepping, but we're prepping ourselves to win at small little things that we want to win at the next day. Mm. Set yourself up for success every single day. I love that. And just the intention of it, just being more intentional, right? With Mm -hmm. all of these things, I think that's, that's really shining through this conversation. I could honestly talk to you for two more hours, but <laughs> I know. we're coming I know. up on 45 minutes. I, I love, or I would, I asked my final, my guests a final question, which is in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? So hell, I, I, you sent me a question beforehand. I had to really think about this. You know, this is, this, that's such a great question. And, and I thought about just the whole idea of, of investing financially Um, we don't just put money in when we invest financially for just a single month. We don't just invest our money financially into a 401k for six months and then that's it. It's over. You know, we think we're, we're, yay, we're rich now. No, that's not, that's not how that works. Uh, same thing with ourselves. We want to invest slowly over time. And so we want to invest slow, healthy habits over time into ourselves. But we also want to start where we're at. You're not going to, you know, a financial advisor is not going to tell somebody to invest $10,000 if they don't have it. You know, if you have, maybe you're going to start with just because you don't have a lot of money, maybe you're going to start with investing $50 every month and that's it. And that's okay because that's better than doing nothing. And that's where you're going to start. So maybe that's where you're at with health. Maybe you're going to invest in yourself by walking 5,000 steps a day. And if that's where you're going to start, that's okay, because that's better than not investing anything. And then just like financial investment, we're going to just grow from there. So 
5,000 steps will become 6,000 steps eventually. And 6,000 steps will become 7,000 steps. So as we see progress, we're going to continue to invest in our own progress. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what healthy investment means to me. Where can listeners follow and find you? Ah, the calorie deficit queen.com. So everything, everything weight loss can be found there at my website, the calorie deficit queen.com. Um, that's where all of my low calorie recipe books, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert are found. Um, I also have e-course there. Uh, I have uh, two brand new workouts uh, posted, upper body, lower body for the muscle building portion um, of the four M's of fitness. So everything can be found there. And then also I'm found on YouTube. Um, Also just search the calorie deficit queen. Awesome. And then maybe TikTok. (laughs) We'll Ah, see. Yes. And maybe TikTok. You can find me on Instagram at the calorie deficit queen. You can find me on TikTok, the calorie deficit queen, everything is the calorie deficit queen. So you will find me. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Casey, for sharing all of your wisdom and tips today. I know that everyone's going to follow you at those places and I look forward to staying connected off air. Yes. Thank you for having me. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the health investment podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.